0: Um, Starting with Hebrews chapter number 12 and verse number 14, the Bible tells us in Hebrews 12 and 14, I'm going to give you a second to get there. 12 and 14 the Bible says follow peace with all men and holiness and you understand the significance of and right it's not or right the difference between and and or is one's required one's not so required you can have either or Um, but the Bible is clear here it says follow peace with all men so first thing we need to make sure we do is be peaceful with all men. Amen? Amen. And holiness. We've got to have holiness a part of our life. Because the writer goes on to say, without which no man shall see the Lord. I want to see Jesus. And in order to see Jesus, I've got to be peaceful with all men, and I've got to be holy. Is that what it says? And so, that being said, I think the follow peace with all men is very self-explanatory, I would hope. But can I, can I submit this to you? The reason it has and holiness in there is because if you live a holy and separated life, which many people deem as lots of rules and regulations in their life, which that, that's a part of it, right? And we'll talk about that more later. But if we have a raunchy attitude towards people, we we miss the basis of all of holiness. That's how it is. We've got to have a right spirit. And we've got to treat others with a right spirit and be peaceful with them. Just because maybe God gave you a revelation of something in the scripture... You need to be you need to be patient with those around you maybe maybe God gave you that conviction for yourself well I, I got to be careful I want to delve into a lot of things but holiness is simply this holiness is the basic characteristic of God in fact I've said at this this way many times holy is the singular most descriptive characteristic of god holy holy what's the simple uh definition of holy set apart set apart you're not the same as everybody else that's right his ways he is holy and he said, Be ye holy. Why? Because I'm holy. Does that mean that does that mean we're going to achieve absolute holiness here on earth? Absolutely not. You know why? Each and every one of us have a, a factor in our lives, and that's called flesh. That's called self will. That guess what? We're constantly having to put under the altar and say, Alright, God. Here I am again. Please help me to surrender my will to your will. Because I want to be who you need me to be. Praise God. When referring to, to God, holiness denotes absolute perfection. Absolute purity. There is no sin in him. None whatsoever. He's not just mature. He is perfect. In every sense of that word, he is perfect. When the word holiness is applied to persons or objects, it refers to that which has been separated or set apart unto him, unto God. In fact, we cannot possess true holiness because we're not God. But, he can impart his holiness to our lives if we seek him. That's the caveat there. If you seek him, you will find him. What am I seeking him for? Because I want to be like him. When I become more like him, it ought to become natural to treat other people with dignity and respect. Really should. We shouldn't struggle with that. In fact... Can I tell on myself for a second, and you not think I'm a horrible person? We're talking about driving again. You guys remember all my stories about driving? Yeah. Guess what? It was snowing outside. My wife found something on Marketplace that we needed to go get. And we drove all the way to Liberty, Missouri. and I did okay getting there not too many crazy people my trucks got four-wheel drive so I'm not slipping and sliding other people are so you know with guys with pickups in the snow they're not very smart sometimes well I knew that I could take this so there was two lanes to turn alright and we're getting back on to I-35 out of Liberty Heading back south so I can come home. Actually, we are heading to my mom's house, or your mom's house, I don't remember. Anyway, all I know is every single car was lined up about 10 or 15 cars deep in one lane. The other lane was clear, so I pulled into that other lane, Brother Tuffy. And I was doing exactly what I knew I had the ability to do. Legally, I had the right. I was right. And I I came in, and I I wasn't being aggressive. I was just coming in, slowly taking that turn, turning with the rest of the traffic. And next thing I know, a car behind me, because I was in the lane that actually had to start merging. I didn't know. I'm not from Liberty. But I started merging. Well, a guy cut me off because he was mad at me. And guess what? I wasn't very nice to him, and I had to repent later that night. I did more than beat my horn. I I wasn't happy with him. Yeah, well, he was being the way he was. He was endangering lives, so I I joined him in endangering everybody else's life. So, um, anyway, so road rage. But you know what that does? It exposes that I'm still human down on the inside. And that I was short on prayer time that day. Being honest with you. Yeah, we are all human. But I'm just telling you, how I can tell that I need to dig deeper in my relationship with God is how I'm treating other people. So if I'm treating people like trash, I probably need to go find me a place to pray and put my, myself under, as Paul said, so that God can be everything in my life. And uh, yeah, I'll just say after I did it, after I freaked my wife out, I can tell you my mind and my heart was convicted all the way home but I didn't dare tell my wife she was right. But what I'm saying is, I hope you guys are following what I'm trying to get across here this morning. It's all about, hey, if, if I'm treating other people horribly, then I'm acting like a Pharisee. I may be dressing right. I may be living right in every other aspect. But if I have a moment of hatred towards somebody else do you know what the jesus tell tells us if you hate your brother no it wasn't jesus i think it was john actually one of those two it was in the new testament somewhere okay he said if you hate your brother you are the same as a murderer you know what that means As long as I have hatred in my heart, this ain't in my notes, so just bear with me for a second. If I have hatred in my heart to somebody, regardless of what they've done to me, number one, I'm required to forgive them. But number two, as long as hatred's in my heart, I'm not making it to heaven. I have sin in my heart. I didn't didn't say forget. But but you do because we as humans don't have the ability to forget, right. not not trauma things like that. Now I can forget like important things like birthdays and anniversaries, but I can't I can't forget the things people's done to me. Right. Exactly. That's just what we are. <laughs> we do. We do. There's there's a psychological study that we, I don't want to get into, but there's there's a reason for that. Our mind's chemistry is is made up, and the the trauma that uh, harshness brings and goodness brings don't affect our minds the same way. Anyway, so I'm not going to get into that this morning, because not all psychology is absolutely 100% right, because who knows our mind but God, right? He knows my heart. He knows my thoughts, and uh, in fact, the Bible says (laughs) <laughs> the heart is continually wicked. Who can know it? He can. And that's why we're going back to salvation, right? That's why I believe that God chose tongues as the sign of salvation, that somebody's been filled with his spirit because he's taken control of your words and in order to speak something you have to surrender your mind you with me today yeah. and so god's letting everybody know and yourself hey you met that goal of ultimate surrender god i'm yours right now and when he begins to speak through you you every time that you find a place to pray and you end up praying in tongues before it's all said and done the Bible refers to it as praying in the Holy Ghost. When you reach that place, that means, hey, I've reached that place of surrender again. And you say, well, what do you mean always by saying, hey, you need to be, uh, you need to surrender your will to God? Well, this is what I'm talking about. The more that I pray, the more that I seek to get to that place where God talks through me. Why? Because that means my will has now died completely in that moment. And just because we're human, our will will resurrect itself. It's kind of like a possum. Right? It plays dead for a little while. And then it comes back. And sometimes we don't pray enough that it comes back with a vehemence, uh, with a vehemency that says, hey, here I am. I want my way right here, right now. One way that I can that comes to mind is to think about that is think about this how many of you have dieted before spent time dieting trying to lose weight yeah Yeah. (laughs) i am currently right now in the process of losing weight i have lost weight thank god um so pray for me exercise is starting next week so pray that i'm consistent in that um but how many of you, you go on a diet, and you do great for, I don't know, let's be, let's be generous. For three months, you do great. You're losing weight. Man, you lost 30 pounds in, in three months. Yes. I'm excited. And then all of a sudden, something happened in life. You said, you know what, I'm, today I'm going to cheat a little bit. And so you cheat, and you eat a little bit more than you normally would allot yourself. And then the next morning you said, man, that tasted pretty good yesterday. I, I think I'm going to eat a little bit more food today. And before you know it, you're back to massive portions of food where plates the size of this lectern aren't big enough sometimes been there guys you can go to those uh restaurants where they cook that massive steak and if you eat it all and the sides they'll pay for your dinner or whatever yeah we're encouraging gluttony folks that's what we're doing here um anyway what i'm saying is our flesh works in that fashion every single day that we live we have to wake up and we have to determine one way or another I've got to keep my own will subject to God's will. Amen. And, you know, the other day, I think it was last Sunday, maybe, I think I think I made mention of this, but this year you're going to hear me talk about fasting and encourage fasting uh, ev- every week, spending a little bit of time fasting. I know some of us, we can't do it entirely, a full 24-hour fast, because of health reasons or whatever, but I do know this. If we can spend time surrendering ourselves, that's what fasting is. It's not a bargaining tool with God. What fasting is, is, is you're, you're saying, okay, I'm going to deny myself things my flesh likes, and I'm going to feed the Spirit more that day than I normally do. So that means if I'm not eating, if I'm going to take a lunch, I'm either going to go take a lunch and I'm going to read the Bible, or I'm going to go spend some time praying. Does that make sense? um it's just those types of mentalities that i want to help instill this year because if we're going to see that jubilee we're going to have to do what the children of uh, israel did walking around that wall we're going to have to continue to how how many of you guys know people that like to talk a lot yeah <laughs> they were told don't say a word while you're walking around jericho for 13 total times around that city. And if you like to talk, man, that's hard. I think when I'm at home, I don't I don't like to talk a lot either. When I'm not here, you hear me talk a lot because of where I'm at. But I can promise you this, I don't like to spend a lot of time talking. I'd rather spend time working or getting something accomplished. Um... I don't like talking on the phone, but guess what I got to do for work? I got to talk on the phone all the time, almost the full eight hours that I'm on working. So anyway, by the time I'm done working and by the time I'm done with church, I'm ready to not be talking. But I can tell you this, I do know in my nature, when I tell my kids it's time for bed and to get quiet and to get still, guess what? They're going to find every little thing that they can do to not do what I just said. And the people were told, don't say a thing. They had to bring their will and their desires under subjection to God's will and his desire in order to see that victory that happened in Jericho. And if we want to see victory in our life, we're going to have to do the same thing. There's no doubt in my mind, many of us, we want to see certain things happen in our life. My question to you is, Have you submitted yourself enough to God in order for him to know, hey, they're not doing this for selfish reasons. They're doing this because they want to see the kingdom of God go forward. Does that make sense today? I'm talking about holiness, I think. We're talking about becoming more like him, getting his mindset, getting his ideas into our hearts and our minds um we're made holy when the nature of god in the power of the holy ghost which is the agent of change takes up residence in our life i've said this and i've said this and i've said this but i'm going to say it again today i don't care how hard you try to change without the holy ghost you can change and you can live differently but that doesn't mean you're holy because you need the holy spirit that's how you become holy you can't become holy without the holy spirit there's a lot to unpack in that statement because you got to understand you can become you can change your ways you can become a better person you can become a good person you can affect society in a positive manner but that does not bring holiness to your life What brings holiness to your life is surrender to God. Does that make sense this morning? I'm not trying to, I'm trying to make sure that I'm clear in what I'm trying to get across. I, I don't want us to leave this place and say, well, I can just go change my ways. And man, that's what God's looking for. Yeah, but it's not just changing my ways. It's growing more in him, allowing his spirit to take up more residence in our heart and getting rid of ourselves. The Apostle Paul said it often. He said, I die daily. He said, I have not attained when he'd already built six or seven churches. That's pretty, that's pretty, pretty big accomplishments, folks. These weren't small churches either. These were powerful churches. These churches that he built, they were churches that that were able to help and actually helped flourish other churches to become into existence. If you ask me, Paul had attained. But in Paul's mind, he had surrendered himself so much that there was still more work to be done for God. And that's all that mattered to him. I've said it. What's that? <laughs> yeah, get out of my way! I got stuff to do. I'm going to use that one right. That was why I was honking my horn. That's why I was, you know, tailgating him a little bit too close. Uh, he he was in my way. I had to get I had to get get somewhere. No, it wasn't true. I did already. Um, it, is, it is a fact. That, you know, we can... We can uh, you can get so frustrated because you think you need to be here that you can do what you're saying. Hey, I need to go. I've got places to be. I've got things to accomplish for God. And this is holding me up. And you can frustrate yourself to no end. You miss what, not only that, you miss what's happening, yeah, right here, right now. My babies. One thing about children is you'll realize they live in the now and not in the future. Now there's a time when they become teenager. What? Yeah, and the why. <laughs> why? <laughs> yeah. That, yeah, <laughs> it's not only because I said, because you have to, <laughs> yeah, exactly, uh, I have been known to say, don't ask me why again, just get in there and get it done, or you're going to be in big trouble, <laughs> yeah uh <laughs> <laughs> yeah i'll uh, i've told my my son he used to just walk into my office and blurt out Dad, dad 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 dad, yeah. dad. dude, I'm busy right now, hold on just a minute. And most of the time he'd do that, I was on a phone call talking to a client, have, and he's blurting out, Dad, like, sorry, guys, just a minute. And I'd have to figure out what he needed. And after I'd get off, I, I'd coach him, hey, please don't do that. It's not professional. I need, I need these folks to realize, hey, yes, I'm working at home, but yes, I can still be professional doing that. So now, instead of, Dad, 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 he goes, he, he goes like this, he comes to my office, And he will not leave until I acknowledge him. Yeah, he don't. And the thing is, most of the time I'm dead center of a, of a thought that gets completely derailed. So he might as well just said, Dad. Because then my, 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 what I'm telling the client doesn't even sound coherent. Yeah, now he just sounds like an idiot. (laughs) Um, Man, Paul, Paul, I believe, was one who we could say absolutely achieved great things for God. But yet in his mind, he had reached a place in his heart, in his mind, that it wasn't enough. Because... He felt that call from sinners that said, hey, we know we don't have everything we need. We need help. And that's the call that every Christian should hear. We should. But the only way you're going to be able to hear that is if you're, consi- if you're surrendering yourself on a regular basis. Some of the most powerful preachers that I know and their wives, one of the things that they told me was this, and I also, another one that I I didn't hear directly from them, but I did hear they said, because a friend of mine was close to them, was if you need a breakthrough, it only comes through intense prayer. And fasting. And I asked them why. And they, they said this. Elder Tom Johnson was one of them. Out in Colorado. Built a very thriving church. Brother John Burgess who came and preached our anniversary service a couple years ago. He's pastoring that church today. And it's continuing to grow. My sister, is, my sister goes there now. But. He said, you know, there were times where we would hit a spot in our services, in in our church, where we couldn't seem to move forward, and we weren't moving backwards. We were just at a stalemate. And he said, I went into my office. I told my wife I'm not eating until I get a breakthrough. And he laid in his office. He sat in his office. He stayed in that office at least he said from one Sunday afternoon evening after service until the next Sunday morning did not go home he said I was desperate he said and I told God whatever it takes I want to see a breakthrough in this church I haven't had that much of a uh, uh, because we've seen some things happen folks but we got a community guys that they need God and they need truth. They don't need programs. They need truth. They need salvation. And the only way they're going to get that is through people who have devoted themselves to God. It's got to go, it's got to go beyond the preacher in the pulpit. But the anointing, I said, I think it was Wednesday night, the anointing has to sit in the pews as well. We have to have anointing in the platform and we've got to have anointing in the pew. So that when those that are lost, they walk in. When those two anointings come together, let me tell you something. There's no limit to what God will do in those types of atmospheres. That's what I'm longing for. But I'm longing to see that we grow deeper in God. This year... Yeah, it's the year of Jubilee, but it's going to take some work. We're going to have to walk. We're going to have to probably be considered foolish by, by some people. Why are you walking around the city? I'm sure some of those guys were wondering. Probably up there on the wall making fun of them. You, you think you're going to knock these walls down? In fact, after I finished preaching last week, I, I, I talked to some of y'all, and I said, did you realize there was two sets of walls in Jericho? There was an outer wall and an inner wall. One that surrounded the the common people, and then one that surrounded the palace as well. And the Bible said all the walls fell. Not just the outer walls, but the inner walls too. And the people went in and they, they possessed the land. If we want to possess the land, we want to see the victory that God wants to give us, we're going to have to obey God, and we're going to have to listen to what our heart's calling us to. Because that's likely God. You're filled with the Holy Ghost. You're going to feel some tugs on your heart. And you're not going to be satisfied staying in one position. Because I'll tell you this. If you stay stay in one position, you're going to find yourself so far from God. Because God is constantly on the move. He doesn't stay in one area for a long time. When he says it's time to go, it's time to go. He's constantly looking. For those who are hungry and those that need challenged and those that need changed. Amen. We can jump to 2 Corinthians chapter 6 and 17. The Bible says that we ought to come out from among them and be separate, says the Lord. And touch not the unclean thing. And he said, I will. That's a promise. If you come out, you become separate from the world. He said, I will receive you. I want to be accepted of God. And in order for me to do that, I've got to become holy. I've got to strive for holiness. Titus chapter number 2, verses 11 and 12 says, For the grace of God that brings salvation has appeared to all men, teaching us this, that all... Denying ungodliness, we have to deny sin, we have to walk away from it, and worldly lusts, we should live soberly, we should live righteously and godly in this present world. You say, well, this world's different than it was back then, but God's not, and God still has all power. We're still people. We're, the concepts of humanity are always Yeah. 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 Yeah, I'll, I'll tell you what. what is different in this day and age is the amount of laziness and self-centeredness that this world deals with. And that, my friends, my brothers, my sisters, we've got to overcome. Because I can tell you right now, it is prominent in the church, and hopefully not in this church, but I can promise you that if you will allow it half a second in your life, it will wreak havoc in your life. The devil knows if we can focus on me and what makes me happy and what makes me satisfied, then he's got you because you're not focused on what God needs. You're not focused on the kingdom of God. And let me tell you something. Jesus made it very clear. In Matthew chapter 6, he said, look, the birds... They have, they have places to lay their head because your heavenly father takes care of them. The lilies in the field, they have what they need. And he got all the way down to verse 33 and he said, don't, before that, verse 32, he said, don't worry about what you're going to wear tomorrow. Don't worry about what you're going to eat tomorrow. But verse 33, he said, but seek ye first the kingdom of God, and his righteousness. That could also be translated, and his holiness. So we need to seek after his kingdom and his righteousness so that we can be what he needs us to be. And you know what? We don't have to worry about everything else he talked about previously in that chapter, because he said, seek ye first the kingdom of God and his righteousness, and all these things shall be added to you. Don't have to worry about it. You don't. Need, in fact, he didn't even say, seek God first and his righteousness, and then seek secondly, these other things. No, he said, seek God first, and then these things are just going to happen. I don't have the verse there, but you can look it up in your Bible. He didn't say, get your priorities straight. I guess in a way he did. He said, seek first. He only set the first priority. And he said, look, if you seek him, he's going to make sure everything else is okay. He does. And if he hadn't done it for you, why don't you give it a try? Because he will prove his word true every time. Amen. Praise God. Amen. Well, God expects, requires holiness from those that received, have received the Holy Ghost and the same spirit and grace that brings salvation, the same thing that when you came to an old-fashioned altar and God filled you with the Holy Ghost, that grace that came and washed away your sins is the same grace that teaches you holiness. But Just like you sought repentance and just like you sought the face of God here, you've got to do on a regular basis because that day, I've heard it said this way way many times, many people, many people, in fact, Buffy right now, she's preparing for, I don't remember what the day was, May something, she's preparing, she's getting things ready, she's spending money. She's having fun getting it ready for this ceremony that her family's going to be able to come to. Yeah, we had one already. We didn't do it too elaborately. We just wanted to get it done. But now we're going to do that second one, just commemorating what they've already done. And I think it's beautiful. But no matter how much planning goes into this wedding, if that kind of effort stops at the wedding, Brother Tuffy, that relationship's going to be trash. It's not going to work. But just as much effort, if not more effort, should be asserted into your relationship. This is a marriage, not just a wedding. And the, and the Christian world has so only emphasized the wedding that they're not maximizing on the relationship side of things and if we want power with god we've got to have a relationship with him we obtain our authority through him i think that's what i talked about wednesday night all my messages are just coming together in my mind so i don't know what days i did it but i believe it was wednesday night we talked about how that we obtain the authority through the holy ghost jesus gives us that authority now i want you to consider this as long as you're living and seeking after your Father, which is in heaven, then you have access to Dad's authority. But now, because I'm a child of God, but if I abandon that relationship, He doesn't abandon me. But if I'm not living and striving to be like Him, I don't have access to that power anymore i can get it for myself but look the power that he wants to give to each and every believer every christian is something that when you go about your everyday life that not only you feel that power and that drawing from the holy ghost but those you come in contact with they know there's a difference and there's something that Man, Brother Blue, when you walk by, I don't know what it is that you got, but I felt such a peace come over my life. I want to be like Jesus. I want to walk with him. Amen. Praise God. Well, amen. Believe it or not, I did make it through one section today. But I'm worried if I start in the next one, I don't know if I'll know where to stop. And so I uh there we go. I will I think we're gonna go ahead and stop for now. And we'll pick up next Sun next Sunday? Next Sunday, the twenty second. No, next Sunday's not. We have one more Sunday before our what's that? that's right next Sunday is the 15th and then the next weekend it's the 22nd I think and so uh, that's when we're doing our family and friends day so anyway just trying to, because I was about to say well next week we won't be teaching but next week we will be teaching here our adult class and then the following week it'll be family and friends service and uh, dinner afterwards and then the following week there'll be a visiting minister here because we actually have to fly out six in the morning I don't sure don't I got a couple of folks in mind I got to call them but I don't i I got to thinking about it yesterday and I don't typically like to call a preacher on a Saturday or a Sunday because I know they're pretty busy folks so on those two days so I'll probably tomorrow some point in time uh, should know by Wednesday So anyway, well, I love you guys, and uh, let's have church here in just a few moments. We got about 10 minutes left, and uh, let's be mindful, they're still in Sunday school over there, and uh, we'll have church, we'll start prayer at 11 o'clock. God bless you.